you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He alone, he alone is worthy. He alone is worthy of our worship. He alone is worthy of us getting together. And boy, are we ever seeing that right now as we continue with a verse-by-verse study of the life of Christ. And I believe this study is going to go on for another four or five months. And just as so many verses in the Bible dealing with Christ, names of Christ, miracles of Christ, sign miracles, all the different things. We're going to hop into every one that wasn't covered in the book of John as we leave out of here. Today, I you know, we're going to be talking in a little bit in the book of John, chapter 19, verses 23 and 24. But before we get there, I want to talk about this idea of the cost of redemption. If there's one verse that I always share with people is for ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. And that verse reminds me that we're bought with a price and we're seeing that price firsthand. We're seeing that, that Christ is being crucified. And we're reminded in Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And that's the God we serve. The cost of redemption was the life of our Lord and Savior. The great news is he was 100% God and 100% man. They could take his body from him, but they could never take his God ship from him. He never could have taken his body if he chose not to give that to him. Hereby perceive we love God, uh, we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And, uh, you know, there's so much that can go on here for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness when the mouth confession is made on the cost of redemption. You know, I look at this, Kevin, I, I'm going through this over and over again. And the cost is far greater than anything would ever see here on earth because it had to be that great. It had to be a sinless savior. It had to be the lamb of God. It had to be the begotten son of God. The only one it had to be God or it just wasn't good enough. No. He had to be, the sacrifice had to be spotless, meaning worthy, had to be voluntary, meaning willing. So Christ was worthy, Christ was willing. And um, so praise the Lord. Now that's so good. Psalms 49 verse 8, I love the verse. I remember preaching this in a nursing home like back in 1982 or something. For the redemption of their soul is precious and it ceaseth forever. Talking about the the uh, preciousness of the redemption as as well as the the um, it ceaseth forever, meaning it was sufficient. It it was done once and done. And you know, the, you talk about Jesus Christ, what He's doing here on the cross of Calvary. It it it's it's holy ground. It's yeah. humbling. And I I got thinking. I remember years ago hearing a story about a little boy who bought, well, he, he actually made a boat. He kind of uh, built it out of a cloth sail and that kind of thing. It was a little sailboat, made it with some wood, carved the wood up, whatever, and uh, put a little, couple sticks in it. And he was ready for its maiden voyage. He carried it to the edge of the river. He launched it. But uh, <laughs> the wind was going the wrong way, and the wind got stronger, and it just carried it away. 
it carried it away and he sat in the you know sunshine admiring the little boat out there but it's just disappearing and he was just so sad as the 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 wind carried the boat away and he it was gone and uh, so he created it and was lost a couple of days later he was on the way home from school he spotted a boat just like his in the store in a store window when he got closer he saw it to his amazement it was his boat the boy rushed into the store, and I'm reading this now. He informed a store manager, sir, that's my boat in your window. I made it. Sorry, son, but something someone else brought it in this morning. If you want it, you'll have to buy it now. The boy ran home, counted all his money, took all he had, but he bought back the little boat he had made, and he left the store. The boy hugging the boat. He said, now you're twice mine. First I made you, and now I bought you. And we're witnessing, Doug, on the cross of Calvary, the creator paying the price necessary to get to get us back because we went astray and um from a creator and rather than have us stand before our maker um in condemnation he paid the price so that we could stand before our maker in redemption and uh what a price yeah, it's a it's a price that's beyond anything we can imagine. I like that story of the boat. That's a good example. And I, you know, I think as we stand here and have a front row seat in the Bible to the crucifixion of Christ, I was just sitting here in my mind trying to put some things together on my computer. Even just really, he was spat at. He was a lynching mob showed up. Nothing short of a lynching mob showed up yeah. with Judas. Judas went over there and kissed him. And from that point forward, he's been spat on, beat the crown, hands nailed into the cross, fake trials. Um, you know, they call him a kangaroo trial in Australia, a monkey trial in, in Africa. And, uh, you know, where it's just a joke. It, it's just, and, and here's our Savior the whole time. You know, he's, he's keeping his focus. You know, his focus is, hey, this is what I got to do. Uh, this is... You know, this is what I'm called to do. This is prophecy. This is prophetic. I, I'm just going to go ahead and do this. So my focus is on my job. I got to keep on doing what I got to do. You know, somewhere along the way, we've got to shift our focus on what God has for us. You know, we lose our focus. I, I, and, and when I say we, I'm not necessarily pointing at you as much as I'm pointing at myself. It's so easy in this world to put other things in front of God. It's so easy in this world to put other things in front of just the steps we go through to serve God. It's easy to do that, right? And and God never lost his focus, Kevin. He was focused the whole time on on saving us. You know, it wasn't about being spit on. It wasn't about that. And he even evangelically shared his faith with a guy there on the cross. The guy says, I believe it. He let him come. And and Kevin, if there's an example, a practical thing that we can walk away from as we're looking here at chapter 19, there's so much more to come. But it, I mean, if God can keep his focus on us and let his blood run down into those old skulls and let his blood run all over us when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, boy, we need to keep our focus. Yeah. You know, he set his face like a flint. Isn't that true? Yeah. He, uh, it's, it says that... Um, for the Lord God will help me. This is the attitude. This is a messianic prophecy in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 7. For the Lord 
God will help me. Therefore, I shall I not be confounded. Therefore, have I set my face like a flint. I know that I shall not be ashamed. And he committed himself unto God who judges righteously. And when he was on earth, people did not receive him because his face was as it would go to Jerusalem. He was focused, singularly focused. And, you know, another thing that, that speaks to me, I love the, the scriptures that talk about um the redemption, we're talking about, you know, the price that was paid, the redemption in the book of Ruth, the book of Ruth is a book of redemption. In other words, Naomi and her family had left and forfeit all the blessings because of a famine. And when they came back, there was a redemption of the lost land, land, and Boaz was a kinsman redeemer. In other words, Naomi and Ruth, who was a Gentile, by the way, she had married into the family as an in-law, came back and in faith said, I'll stick by you. But uh, long story short, this is what Naomi said to Ruth concerning Boaz, as Boaz had said, I will undertake to do what I can do to redeem the land for you. He's, and she said, and now, my daughter, fear not. I will do thee as all that thou requirest. For all the city of my people just know that thou art a virtuous woman. So um, that's actually Boaz is talking there. So uh, Naomi said to Boaz, uh, this, actually, I read the wrong scripture, but it's one that's t- similar. Boaz is giving his commitment to the job. But Naomi said, for the man will, do, will not rest until he has accomplished what needs to be done. Jesus Christ comes to the cross, and he says, I will not rest until I've done what needs to be done. Oh, the price that was paid for me, Doug. Yeah, price that was paid for all of us. And you've been bought with a price. And I know we started that, but that's something that we need to remember. I I used to have that at a sticky in my 1994 Chrysler, uh, no, Plymouth Voyager LE. Uh, It used to be stuck on the the rearview mirror. Debbie was driving the Subaru when we we were there in New York. And that it was a, you were bought with a price. And remember that when you go in to do your job, you are bought with a price. Remember that when you go to talk to someone you don't want to talk to, you are bought with a price. Remember that when you go out on visitation and have to do something you don't want to do, you are bought with a price. Remember that when you're working for the biggest knucklehead there ever was. And and folks, can I tell you something? I believe bosses are 90% knuckleheads. So I believe the world is 50-50, but it seems like the world promotes the knuckleheads. I get it. And I know some of you, and you work with idiots. I've heard some of your stories. I had a guy tell me the other day, oh, this girl's talking behind my back. She's, I'm like, dude, I get it. You know, the world out there is wicked, but you were bought with a price. So we go to work. We suck it up. We do what we got to do. Sometimes we better ourselves, take college courses. I grabbed an MBA when I was in the Army to better myself, to be able to get something a little different. But we trust God the whole time you were bought with a price. You've been bought with a price. Hey, think about that. We'll be right back with you. Don't go anywhere. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
Hey, folks, we continue on with the life of Christ verse by verse. We find ourselves in the book of John, chapter 19, verses 23 and 24. And and uh, so excited that we can see what Christ did for us and continue on with how his life looks. We're going to be doing a lot more of this. Hang with us. But the Bible says, then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, they killed him. They took his garments, and we're going to go over, I think, the synoptics and look at more of what happened there at the crucifixion of Christ. But it says, then the soldiers, when they crucified Jesus, they took his garments, and they made four parts to every soldier apart, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it. Whose it shall be? that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, they parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. And uh, you imagine they're, they, they're splitting up his clothes, they're splitting up his thing, and he has this beautiful coat. It's woven of one piece. I mean, it was made for him. It was just one piece of fabric, incredibly uh, nice and beautiful. And they said, you know, we're not going to tear this up. We're not going to ruin this. But this is worth more than the other three parts put together. All the other four parts we've already broken up. This is this is something that uh, we're all going to want. So they casted lots, just like the Bible said. It, it highlights the fulfillment of concerning the Messiah and the details. It, again, underscoring that divine plan that Jesus has in suffering and death. And, you know, the soldiers' actions, they, they have a disregard for dignity. Even today when someone dies, I've, I've talked to people who worked in funeral homes. And uh, when we had the church up there in New York, and, you know, they, they work so hard at dignity. So when someone dies and they go pick up the body, they, they inventory the belongings, exactly what's in the wallet. They take pictures of it so they can pass it on to the family. And, mm. and, and there's a dignity there for the dead. There's a dignity for that mm. human being. And folks, can I tell you, you know, when I'm in a cemetery now, um, I look at all those uh, gravestones as a life, a family, mm. a husband, a wife, a, cousins, nieces, all those things. And, and, uh, you know, there needs to be a dignity for that. And then there was a unity in Christ's garment, you know, being woven all of one piece. It's what a significance. The unity of Christ is a seamless nature of him and, and us. And, uh, I, I'm still messed up that the soldiers have an indifference to Christ's identity. You know, they're just doing their job. They're going through, they're fulfilling a job. And I hope that some of these guys got saved. All I know is this. If you're involved in something where, where people are um, euthanized or uh, people are sent to the electric chair or the gas chamber or they're given a lethal ejection, um, those people deal with stuff for the rest of their life. They pay an individual who pulls the electric switch or something like that. They get a $10,000 bonus. And I had a guy stand in front of me who actually pulled the switch. It was either Arkansas or Texas. I don't remember. He had become a Christian and he had retired from his job. Uh, but he told me they, they should have paid me a hundred million. There's not enough to know that I pulled this and somebody died. And then ultimately what we're talking about today, the cost of redemption and uh, you know what Christ willingly endured that humiliation, the suffering, uh, suffering there on a cross having his clothing pulled off him, being naked. And, of course, in that custom at that time, they wrapped the body and things like that. But uh, the humiliation that our God went through for us, there's a cost to redemption, Kevin. 
And, and that course was the best there ever was. Yeah, Jesus Christ was the Lamb of God, the the precious, the darting, the darling Son of God. And you're talking about the dignity of of death and the way we treat bodies and so forth. I used to work for a cemetery and, and sold grave plots and, and prearrangements and, and helped with that kind of thing. I was not a funeral director. We had one. But um, in that, I remember one of our one of our um, documentation books that we were trained with was a quote by David Livingstone, who was a uh, an evangelist, a Scottish evangelist and uh, missionary to Africa. But he said something close to this. He said, um, I can tell you with exacting precision the, 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 the degree and dignity of a culture by how they treat their dead. And, you know, the, the, the character of their culture both by how they treat their dead. And, um, and the respectability of their culture, basically what it's like to live there by how they treat the dead among them. And I just never forgot that. And I think it's so true. And we see Jesus Christ here. They just, this was the bad crowd that had come. Like you said, it was a, it was, um, it was a lynching mob and it was a kangaroo court. It was just a terrible situation. It was basically, they were thrown to the dogs. They threw him to the dogs. He was among the narcissists. And I'm, remi- I'm reminded when, what do we do when we are in a situation where we are losing our dignity? You know, nothing's more uh, difficult, Doug, I think, than losing your dignity. I was with my precious mother while she was dying. And, you know, if there was one thing that was hard on her was the loss of dignity, not only independence, that, that had come a year or so before to a large degree, but the loss of dignity where you, you know, you're not able to take care of yourself and you can't dress yourself and so on and so forth. And it's just, there's that loss of the basic human what you feel is a human right. Well, imagine that multiplied if that's to be taken from you suddenly and, and, and unjustly by someone who wants to exert their, uh, their personality over you. They're, they want to be God instead of God in your life. And that's what it's like when God in his providence allows you to go through one of these difficult situations where unlike what David Livingstone was saying, is a good place. You're in a bad place. Sometimes it happens in the will of God. And the disciples of Jesus fled. <laughs> that was humiliating. And yeah. now he's left with these dogs. And there, the soldiers are, are tearing his, you know, wanting to tear his garments up. But they found that his garment was, his coat was made without seam. And that's a picture of his, the character of Jesus Christ without seam. In other words, it wasn't a patchwork. Don't tell me Christianity that Jesus put forth was a patchwork religion. I'm just telling you, just like this thing here was without seam, Jesus Christ is without seam, and the and the Christianity, biblical Christianity, is like Jesus because it is in Christ, and it is Christ. And we are not Christ, but we are built in Christ, and we are complete in Christ, and we sh- theoretically should be seamless in our life. And if um, if they try to look at us, they should say, "Wait a minute! These people here they they got it all together." And um, I think the fact that Jesus Christ, not a bone of him, was broken. I think the fact that God made it; He lost all dignity, but He kept it all together is a testimony to us. We may lose all dignity, but we don't have to go to pieces, Doug. We don't have to go 
and just lose it and say, I don't know what's up. I just, I, I, I get me out of here. We don't have to lose it. And I get it. We lose our minds sometimes. But I'm praying that when I lose my mind someday, I don't lose my functional Christianity. I don't lose my functional character. I don't lose my functional love for people. I want to keep it all together. And I think with the Lord, as long as we have our mind, we can keep joy and peace. And because the Bible says, when you, if you suffer for the cause of Jesus Christ, the spirit of glory and of God rested upon you. I've been in that situation where I'm losing my dignity and God visited me with glory. And uh, I didn't say a whole lot, but what I said must have been from Jesus because it felt pretty good. Glory came down. Hey, folks, I think this. I think as we continue to move forward, we look at the cost of redemption. It's far greater than any of us can imagine. But let's look at it from a different direction as we close today and say it's available to you for free. Salvation is a free gift from God. Everything that comes with God is free. He hasn't sold the thing. You know, if salvation, if somebody said, uh, I remember years ago, a guy told me, he said, listen, I'll mow your lawn for that old watch I want, but I'll do it for free. Well, you're not doing it for free. You're doing it for that old watch you want. But listen, friends. It's free. God's got your backs. Hey, we love you, folks. We hope you have a great weekend. Make sure you rally back here uh, as we continue to look at what Christ has done in our lives. May God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.